0: Hello, everyone. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. This program is brought to you by Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about our reach around the world, go to cpeonline.org. To learn about our Mission Fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Today, we finish up a consideration on saving faith, a faith we are to continue to live in once we gain it. And we note that saving faith is not an intellectual faith or a faith in outward rituals, nor is it a faith in emotional responses. It is a heart-change faith that God grants to us for salvation. Saving faith is not head faith. It's not head faith. It's not just a mental assent to some doctrinal declaration. This can come, by the way, head faith can come without repentance. A person can think they are a Christian because they can say, "Uh uh-huh, at all the right questions about, christian doctrine well do you believe this and do you believe this and do you believe that they go uh-huh 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 well <clears throat> whether you can say uh-huh, uh-huh uh-huh about those things doesn't mean that you've come to saving faith Reed has says that this person who only has an intellectual mental ascent of christ simply has a blueprint of the house of faith that god would build upon the rock of christ and they can pull out their plans and they can scour over them with confidence But they never have poured their lives out upon that rock. They've never let themselves be built up by faith upon that rock. And so they've just got the blueprint. It's not saving faith. It's just head faith. Faith is a trust and a confidence that goes beyond mentally affirming something. John chapter 1 touches upon what the nature of this faith is. There it says of Jesus Christ that he came unto his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to those who believed in his name. Do you hear that? To as many as received him. To those that believed in his name. This is not simply a mental claim. Faith is not just a head thing. It's a heart that receives the life and the power and the person of Jesus Christ. Saving faith is then the vulnerability to allow yourself to be fully taken over by another. I don't just take this word and say, you know, I believe this Bible is the word of God. There are a lot of people that can say that. I believe, I mentally affirm that this is the Word of God, it's the inerrant Word of God, and that all that's in it is the truth of what God has said. But I take this Word and I open my heart to the stunning reality and I bow before that Word in full-hearted faith. There's a difference. It's not head faith, it's also not dead faith. Dead faith is a faith in which you are finding your standing in the processes and in the rituals and in the societies and in the culture of Christianity but not in having a living connection to the person of Jesus Christ. Such a faith, by the way, is common. People will fill churches, they'll attend Christian events, they'll go to Christian concerts and conferences on education and on the end times and on political rallies, and they'll go into Christian prayer groups even, and all these sessions that go on, in them somehow they'll find some assurance of saving faith, but... If they're putting their hope in those things or being a part of that society or going to these things and affirming together with other people, these things are true, raising their hand and all repeating the same thing. And when the worship team leader says, God is good, they all know to say all the time, all the time. And they all know how to say all together, God is good. (laughs) We have faith. No. If that's what the confidence and trust is, they might as well travel to Mecca for all the eternal good that it will do them. I've been to Buddhist temples in Taiwan. I've seen people lined up around the block as they bring their children or they bring the clothing their children wear or they might bring a business plan or their business portfolio, whatever it is, and they stand in a lineup waiting for some priest to come and bless them and put a blessing upon their lives. I've been in countries where people every single day put a, a plate of food every morning and every evening out to a God that resides at the front of their house in order to feed that God. And in other homes, I've been places where they have an altar in the back of their house where every morning and every evening they put a plate of food before that altar in order to feed their family members. The idea is if I feed the dead now in my life, I'll teach my kids to make sure I'm fed when I go beyond. Might as well teach that and believe in that if that's all you're trusting in. Some years ago, I had an opportunity to speak to a man who was a leading elder, was a leading elder in one of the larger evangelical churches. I had known him, known of him for some time, and we were just at an event together, and we had some time together. I I believe I was sitting at the table where he was at. So I asked him to share with me his testimony of how he became a follower of Jesus Christ, his testimony of salvation. His story went like this. Well, and he told it with quite a bit of delight. He says, you know, I had the reputation as a young man, a businessman. I was a business leader of a large organization. I had the reputation of being a great entertainer. And so I was invited to go to all the Grange Halls and all of the different lodges. And there in all the gatherings of men, I would entertain them. I could tell the dirtiest jokes of anybody. And I would entertain them. And then he said, At some point in time, I had children of my own, and they began to get into the grade school age, and I decided it would be right that they go to Sunday school. And so I would put them in my car, and I had a beautiful car, and I'd drive my car. It was a Cadillac. I'd drive my car in front of the church, and I'd drop them off at the church, but I didn't need it myself, and so I'd just drive on home. And this took place for some months. Eventually, on one occasion, the pastor was out on the sidewalk, and I dropped the kids off. He asked if I'd be willing to meet with him later that week, and I said I would. So later that week, he came to me, he said, listen, he said, we need somebody to teach. We've got a lot of young families that are bringing their kids to Sunday school, but we would like to have a teacher for those young families, and I'd like you to be the teacher for those young families. Would you like to do that? I thought about that. Well, I thought I could do that, and so I began teaching. I began to come on Sundays and teaching that class. And then after I taught that class for some time, They asked if I'd like to be the Sunday school superintendent. I decided I'd be the Sunday school superintendent. No. I've been attending the church ever since. I'm waiting for the story part. When did you start following the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'm waiting for that part to come. And never came. That was the man's story. Of how he came to Christ. I turned dirty jokes. Decided to teach Sunday school instead. It's sad. Romans 9.6 says, Not all of Israel are of Israel. The Lord Jesus put it another way, saying, Not everyone who says Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Paul clarified his meaning by through the Holy Spirit writing this in Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. A living faith is a faith that knows confidently that Christ is living in you, that He is your lively possession and your joy. Saving faith says Jesus is alive from the dead and He lives in me and I believe in Him. I receive not an idea, I receive Him. And this is something that's different, it's vital, and it's real, and it's life-changing. It's a complete turning from yourself. A complete turning into Him. This dead faith mixes with head faith and produces what can be called formal faith. It's surprising to me how people are willing to subject themselves in the church... Jumping through hoops of formalities in order to claim some kind of faith that they will find and they can say is real and genuine and will save them. There are people who will rest in all kinds of forms that develop in the church. And the more they rest in the forms that are developed within the church, the more the leaders of the church have to work to keep those forms propped up and to administer them and apply them. A young man can fall into sin, he can stay in that sin, he can get caught in that sin. He can be embarrassed and shamed by his actions. He can be confronted. He can offer himself up for the disciplinary procedures of his church. Well, it won't do that young man any good until he's given the gift of repentance. And God gives him the gift to place all of his trust and all his faith and full confidence upon Christ alone. And then whoever administers and looks over the discipline of that person will witness the work of God instead of simply acting as managers and overseers of some kind of accountability program. Now, I'm not saying that the church doesn't administer discipline to the church or there aren't forms and there aren't functions within the body of Christ. We know there are. God's given them to us. He's given us a communion table that we celebrate. He's given us baptism that we conduct. But if you put your faith in taking communion, if you put your faith in getting baptized, if you put your faith in somehow participating in the various forms of the church, it won't do you any good. It's just head faith and dead faith producing formal faith. It's not a living faith. It is not a testament to that faith granted from God to the person who has received the gift of repentance. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, Samuel says this, Has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. The nation of Israel had all their confidence in the procedures that they were running through, but not in a living, practicing faith that was dependent upon and yielded to the word of God. Here's another thing then. Saving faith is an acting faith. It not only sets Christ in the life, but it sets the life confidently upon Christ in His Word. As a result, it stretches out to hear and obey all that Christ commands. It doesn't do this as a prescription for getting personal favors and blessings from God. It, It does this as a loving, joyful response to the one that faith has put its eyes upon. Here's another definition for faith. Faith is the gaze of the soul upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And that gazing soul moves where Christ moves, follows where He speaks, does what He does. It's living and active. It's not formal though. One other thing Reithead says, and we'll just leave this as last and I'll just read it to you. It's not head faith and it's not dead faith and it's not formal faith and saving faith is not devil's faith. There's an interesting one, devil's faith. This is an emotional reaction to Christ, even a fear of His power, but not an acquiescence to His person. It's an emotional reaction to Christ, even a fear of His power, but not to an acquiescence to His person. Read the Gospels and you'll see what the demons did when they came into the presence of Jesus Christ. They spoke truth about Him. They cried out to Him in fear. They asked that He leave them alone. They bartered with him and begged him for somehow of a mitigated judgment upon their lives. Don't cast us out. If you cast us out, send us over there, in this place. They knew who Jesus was. They even expressed an appropriate fear for the Lord Jesus and pled with the Lord Jesus against their own judgment. But in the end, they remained demons and devils all the same. And so a person who goes to Christ just to escape fire person who goes to Christ just to buy a ticket to heaven, the person who responds in reaction to an emotional crisis in order to somehow change their circumstances, but has not really changed their minds about themselves and about the Lord Jesus Christ, has not been given the gift of repentance and the gift of faith, that person will in the end remain the devil that they were. No, we're talking about a heart faith that only God can give. One that acts in full and utter surrender to Him. So God must grant this complete change of mind. This isn't reformation, is it? This isn't foxhole religion, is it? This isn't a moment of trying to solve a problem or fix a chronic issue in your life either, is it? This is an utter change of mind and heart. It's a total transfer of your trust in yourself, repentance, onto Christ only, faith. Faith. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.